It's time for episode 388 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the non-fungible tech podcast. I am one of your hosts, and I am currently selling a non-fungible token for $700,000, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my non-fungible co-host, Dan the Man Morin. How are you doing, Dan? Speak for yourself, Micah. I am incredibly fungible. I just like everybody (laughs) out there to know that. Wait, what does fungible mean again? Uh, Is that a good thing? I barely have an idea. (laughs) I don't understand what any of it means. Um, but I do understand that we're joined by two fantastic guests. To my left, the web editor and producer at the Texas Standard, as well as the author of the iOS Access for All book and, of course, host of Parallel Pods right here on uh, Relay FM. It is Shelley Brisbane. Welcome back. Hello, hello. Can I say fungible too? Because it sounds fun. <laughs> fungible word. is fun to say. We put the fun in fungible here at Clockwise. <laughs> and to my left this week, it is an iOS developer of the app Nudget. It's Sawyer Blatz. Welcome back, Sawyer. Hey, thanks for having me. I, I yeah, I feel like you all are really enjoying the word fungible. So it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here for that energy this morning. <laughs> It is a good word, and this is a good podcast, and I like segues, so let's begin. Uh, my my question for you, uh, and I got a little bit of blowback about this question from certain people in the in the or in the on the panel today, but um, I do wonder what is your favorite or most used dongle or adapter or dock? You can choose; uh, it's, it could be a dongle, it could be an adapter, and it could be a dock. But what is your favorite or most used one of those? Shelly, we'll start with you. So many choices, but I'll stick to one because I obey the rules. It's an Anchor dock. It's a USB-C dock for my MacBook Pro. And the two things I like about it are that on the MacBook Pro side, it has a cable going from USB-C out to all the dock ports so I don't have to mush it to the side of my MacBook Pro as I do this other dock that I have, and that means I can put it wherever I want. And then the dock includes two USB ports, uh, USB-A ports. Not enough, but still, it's better than nothing. And uh, a uh, micro SD and an SD card reader and an HDMI. So it's it's delightful. And, and Anchor makes these wonderful docks that have even more ports. You can get the same thing for, you know, two or three times the ports. But the one I have was like $27, and it brings me joy every day. Um, I wish you would ask about least favorite dongles, Mike. I feel like it's easier for me to pull this out. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a dongle person. If I can avoid it, uh, I will say, and this is going to be, I think, an interesting contrast to the the dock situation that Shelly just laid out. So I have a dock on my bedside table for my phone and my watch, and I love it. It is a studio neat material dock, and I recently upgraded. Because I had the one that had um, like a Qi charger and like a little place to run through your lightning cable and a place to put your watch charger. And I, you know, got an iPhone 12 and it has the MagSafe on it. I was like, all right, well, MagSafe seems to be more reliable, reliable for charging this. And I noticed they now make one that is a place to put in your little MagSafe puck and a watch charger. I was like, that's perfect. I was never even using the lightning 
dock part of it anyways. It was uh, extraneous to my needs. So I gave that one to my wife, who actually do has two. Uh, she has two phones that she needs to charge, a work phone and a personal phone, wow. as well as a watch. Uh, and I put the, the new one on my bedside table and it's, it's lovely. It's very elegant. It's stylish. It puts my watch in a place so I can use like a little nightstand mode. Um, you know, the MagSafe puck fits in there so I can like have it glom onto my phone. But here's the thing. There's no inherent technology in this. It's literally like a piece of wood (laughs) with little cutouts for the various cables and stuff like that. So I feel like in some ways it's the exact opposite of Shelly's dock that has all this cool technology built in, which is, this is very little technology built in, but it's a it's a very beautiful piece that I really I like it a lot. Sawyer, what about you? I feel like that's the secret to the to the dongle answer is like something with no technology. <laughs> um, <laughs> I yeah I my, may or may not have been the person um, giving Mike a beef over this. I am like very <laughs> anti dongle adapter dot like I just I find them all really unpleasant. Um, I do have one that I use pretty frequently. It's just a like a really cheap. It's called Hutu. Um, it literally is just like a four, it's, it's USB-C to four USB-A. Um, super basic, and it's just plugged into my laptop uh, against my will because <laughs> I need it for um, my webcam, my microphone, and my mouse, which for some reason, even though they were all purchased this year, still use USB-A. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely am ready for everything to become USB-C, um, or whatever is next, right? Because I am just, yeah, I, I hate plugging it in. I feel like it always, it's really finicky. I feel like it randomly will just like, things will become disconnected and it's just, it's just this big extra thing hanging off my laptop. It is definitely not elegant, uh, for sure. The, the elegance is certainly a problem. Um, and that is why I love with all of my heart and soul, um, my CalDigit TS3 Plus dock. This dock rocks because it provides the, um, one cable solution that I have always wanted. Uh, since Dan brought up a really cool, um, dock, I wanted to also mention that I just got that new Belkin, um, MagSafe, uh, I think it's called the Charge Up or Charge Boost or something like that, where it's pretty space age looking. And it is pretty nifty because I, it's got two MagSafe pucks, one for your Apple Watch and one that's uh, phone sized. And then the bottom of it is uh, a little charging pad that you can put your AirPods on. Um, thank you all for your answers on that one. Let us move to our next topic, which comes from Shelly. So I need you guys to help me vet some uh, pitches for the radio show where I work. That's okay, right? Yeah. We, we, that's yeah. a good use of clockwise time. <laughs> Perfect. Sure. So we have a regular contributor. I, I do text segment every week with this, this person. And uh, he wrote an article about his recent addiction to uh, day trading, not sort of in the wake of all the sort of Reddit GameStop stuff, but he really got into it and he was writing about the technology he uses and he was writing about all his new friends who were day trading. I... And my first reaction was, well, I'll tell you what my first reaction was in a little bit, but it got me curious uh, about how broad an appeal the idea of uh, getting uh, deep down into day trading and using apps and getting involved in online investing communities is. And so I wonder, have you done any online investing or specifically any day trading? Uh, I've done very, very little, if any. I mean, I don't... Day trading is not a thing that I feel like I have any comfort with just because there's lots of things that I don't mind getting down in the weeds on and I can understand the appeal 
but I preferred to leave my gambling <laughs> to things that are, you know, less tied to my future, I guess, is the point. Like I, like a recreational gambler, not a professional gambler. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I do some investment stuff for, for you know, uh, retirement stuff and, and other just sort of personal investment stuff. But I tend to be a sort of set it and forget it kind of person. Um, I, I do not want to spend all day poring over stock market listings. That has basically no appeal for me. So I am, I am, yeah. I think I'll, I think I'll keep my gambling to more virtual realms and then to things that actually might have the uh, an impact on my solvency going forward. Sawyer, what about you? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna also be boring like Dan. Um, <laughs> I I definitely do not do any day trading. I'm. It's it's funny because like I'm super interested in finance, like personal finance, like you know, uh, retirement stuff, investing, like all of that stuff really sparked my interest. So I feel like I would be the type of person who like really gets into it, right? But I I don't know. I I feel like my philosophy on it is that the supercomputers are probably just way smarter than me. You know, like I'm smart, but I'm not supercomputer smart. Um, and so it kind of feels like a losing game where it's like, am I really going to be making better decisions than like these big investment firms that like have all this like, you know, just like great technology and all these like analysts and stuff. It's just like, I, I feel like I'm putting, you know, I'm, I'm thinking too highly of myself at that point. So, um, I do not, I do not do any day trading. Um, yeah, I'm very much a like set a long-term index fund, set it, forget it. Um, and just hope that that works out in the long run. If a sound could be a show title, the sound that Dan made as he started to answer this question would be the title of this episode. Alas, that is not the case. Um, I am with everybody else here. Uh, I, 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 I barely have the capacity to, I don't know, do things that need to get done every day. I can't imagine adding, um, adding sort of day trading. It has the same energy as extreme couponers. And I remember watching some extreme coupon shows and going, that is an energy I never want to acquire in my life. Um, and, you know, more power to the people who do the extreme couponing and more power to the people that do the day trading. But not for me, I think, I, I, is, is what it boils down to. Shelly, tell us what your thoughts are on the day trading and uh, let us know your secrets to making a trillion dollars <laughs> on GameStop. I, I've made a trillion dollars, therefore I'll be resigning from the clockwise rotation i don't need you anymore no uh yeah my reaction uh, i appreciate your confirming my opinion and especially what dan said about gambling because that was that's sort of my first reaction to it is you're you're, you're essentially in the realm of gambling and there, there are plenty of gamblers who think they can beat the house and they can for a little while until they don't the other thing i noticed in reading the article that was going to be the basis for this segment was also just how technical it was how much terminology and technology has been applied. So for those of us who are tech nerds, I, I feel like if we got into it, I'm not saying that we'd be good at it. I'm saying that we'd be obsessed and addicted to it, which is not the same thing and not not a good thing at all. But I, it, it's what sort of turned me off. And it was kind of funny because, you know, as somebody who, who's, who spends a lot of time thinking about and talking about and writing about technology, terminology and jargon itself doesn't bother me. But I don't really need to know what a put option is. And more to the point, I don't need to get up at 7 a.m. to check my phone first thing to find out whether my put option has done whatever it's supposed to do. So 
uh, yes, thank you. Thank you all for those thoughts because they agree with mine. (laughs) (laughs) We love it when that happens. Um, Let us take a quick break because it's halftime and I get to tell you about Text Expander from our friends at Smile, which always brings a smile to my face. If you're feeling like you've got too much to do and not enough time, were we not just talking about that? I think we were. Uh, And if you're wondering how you can claw back some of that time but don't know where to start, well, Text Expander is your answer. Text Expander helps you work faster and smarter so you can focus your time on your most important work. With just a few keystrokes, Text Expander keeps you consistent, it keeps you accurate, and it keeps you working efficiently. With Text Expander in tow, you can speed through emails in a fraction of the time, expand forms with fill in the blank fields using a quick abbreviation, save serious time by storing and expanding phrases you type quick quickly or that you type most often, and get your message right every time by expanding content that corrects your spelling and keeps your language consistent with just a few keystrokes. I have talked before about how much I love uh, Text Expander. I've had it for years and years, and I'm always adding new uh, little snippets. And I honestly think this is one of those services, one of these apps that you just have to go and get and try in order to understand how it can be helpful to you. Because I'd heard about it a lot, and I didn't really understand what it was that it did. And once I downloaded it and used it, I thought, oh my goodness, I can never turn back. Uh, so definitely check it out. If you haven't tried Text Expander, you need to do it now. And there's no better time. Because if you do, as a Clockwise listener, you're going to get 20% off the first year. Just go to textexpander.com slash podcast. Super easy to remember, textexpander.com slash podcast. Thanks so much to Text Expander and the great group over at Smile for supporting Clockwise for so long. And of course, for supporting Relay FM. All righty, Dan, what is your topic? Now, let's move to the seedy underbelly of technology. My question for you is, do you get a lot of phone and or text spam? And if so, how do you deal with it? And if not, what's your secret? (laughs) Sawyer, why don't you kick us off here? Uh, Unfortunately, I don't have any secrets. Um, I do get a lot of phone, not not as much text spam. I I guess like during election season, there was a lot of that. But um, yeah, I get a lot of phone spam. So I kind of have like a three-pronged approach to this where um, I have a phone number from the state I used to live in um, that I no longer live in. And that's actually a major like pro tip is if you keep that number, it's super easy to detect when someone's just calling you from a number that looks like your number because, hey, there's really no reason anyone from around that area would be calling me anymore. You know, I've moved a couple years ago. Like, it's if it's someone from that area, it's going to be in my contacts, right? So that's like a really quick way for me to filter out now. Another thing I have is just like a spam blocking app, right? I think like most people have these nowadays um, that tries to catch things, but I feel like it catches less and less these days. So I don't know if I need to get a different one or, or something like that. Um, but yeah, I guess my third strategy is just like keeping my phone in silent mode. Like I just, unfortunately, I've kind of conceded a lot where I'm just like, look, you win spam callers, right? Like I am not going to be able to answer these phone calls. Like hopefully if it's my doctor, they'll leave a voicemail, right? Um, but yeah, that's kind of the sad state I'm in where I'm just like, I guess I give up. I don't know. 
<laughs> I guess I give up. There's the show title. Um, so for me, it is, uh, it's, it's a mixture of things. And it's so funny, Dan, that you brought up this topic because quite literally yesterday, for the first time in a very long time, was this you, Dan? Did you do this? I got some spam, some spam texts. I have not gotten spam texts in a very, very, very long time. Uh, and I got two yesterday. Uh, so the, whoever is out there doing it, they kind of struck it up again. Uh, but I, um, use RoboKiller as is my main system for blocking spam calls. Uh, and it does do a good job of blocking some texts and also lets you report them, uh, which is very helpful. On top of that, uh, if you have an iPhone, uh, you can launch settings, you can go down and choose messages, and then you can choose, uh, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, uh, there's an option called message filtering. And when you uh, tap into that, you can turn on a toggle that says filter unknown senders. And what this does is it changes uh, the system so that you can only see messages from known contacts, and then you can filter it so that it shows unknown contacts as well. I use that pretty regularly. And then as Sawyer noted, um, uh, one of my things that I do is I pretty much never have uh, sound notifications or anything like that turned on for um, any of my both phone or messages. Shelly, what about you? I get more phone spam than text spam as well. And I use the iPhone settings, both the message filtering as well as block repeated callers, because I find that it happens to me fairly often that somebody will, some spammer, probably a machine will call me and then they'll call me right away again. And I suppose it's a waste of my time. But if I get calls from repeated numbers, I will, I will go to the trouble of blocking them. And unfortunately, it's like three taps to, to get a number blocked. And it's kind of annoying, but I do it. I, I found that the uh, spam blocker apps don't work particularly well. I had one for a long time. I can't remember the name of it. I'm not even sure it's made anymore. But what was great about it was that when you got a number, you could instantly look it up in a database of, is this number bad? And I mean, you knew that they usually were, but you, so you had the ability to add to that database without having to go to, you know, log into a site or anything like that. But it stopped working. It just stopped detecting as much stuff as I needed detecting. And I don't have a phone number from far away. I kind of wish I did, but I do pay attention when I get a call from a number I don't know to the location that it gives because often it's small towns around the city in which I live. And so I don't know anybody from Bartlett, Texas or Burnett, Texas or Alpine, Texas. And so for some reason, it seems like that's where those spam numbers are from. The thing I used to do that I absolutely can't do anymore is that I blocked all calls from phone numbers that aren't in my contacts. But that breaks down the minute somebody doesn't leave you a voicemail or the minute the voicemail is automated and you only get half the voicemail and you're like, wait, what? What am I supposed to? So it's not a perfect solution by any means. Yeah, no, these are all good points. I mean, on the phone side, I am somebody who religiously screens calls. I don't pick up phone, the, you know, numbers I generally don't recognize. Um, And my phone has been on silent since basically the first time I ever had an iPhone. Um, I cannot stand like noise alerts. Um, so I don't get text alerts. I don't get phone. I don't like get loud phone uh, ringtones, et cetera. 
Uh, I, I asked this mainly because this came up yesterday for me as well, Micah. So maybe there was something going around with all the, the spam happening. Uh, I got a spam message that was like sent to 20 different people, like sent to texted to 20 different people. And then I got everybody else on that message thread replying stop. And then <laughs> it turned into one of those reply all situations where everyone's like, look, if you stop replying, and we're like, oh, God, why? And I realized, made me realize how bad the built-in tools are for dealing with this. Because, you know, Shelly, you mentioned it takes three taps to, to block something. Uh, imagine you have 20 different people responding. You can't block 20 different numbers. It's like multiple taps to do that on all of them. And I discovered that on the Mac side, messages doesn't let you block somebody that's not in your contacts, which is bananas <laughs> um so i you know uh, i tried out uh, i downloaded a couple options and there are things that install into the that filter thing that micah talked about where it can do some filtering of text messages that is not like a hook in that apple now allows i haven't had the best luck with it so far but i'm kind of trying a few different options i've heard robokiller which micah recommended recommended by other people i know so Lots of possibilities, but I think it is disappointing to me that Apple doesn't provide some sort of more robust solution built into iOS or macOS when it comes to text messages, because we've seen so much work done to try and combat email spam, and it feels like that technology should be portable to a large degree. So I would really like to see them make a bigger push on that, because I feel like this problem is only going to get worse, potentially. Uh, but thanks for all your thoughts on that. Let us go to our last topic, which comes from Sawyer. Yeah, so my question for you all is, do you have a gadget or accessory that has kind of fallen out of favor as you've been staying at home more? Um, and if so, do you think you'll go back to using it like you did when things are normal again? Or do you think it's like now a permanent thing where you're not going to use it very much? I will say one of my favorite accessories was a, uh, I think it was made by Mophie, and it was a uh, vehicle dash mount that you basically put your phone in and then it uh, will grip the sides of the phone. But it, along with just being a grip for the phone, it was also a wireless charger. And my car has not moved from the garage in many uh, a week, if not many a month. And so given that, of course, this accessory has uh, in a way, fallen out of favor. More so, it's fallen out of my line of sight, and so I don't think about it. Um, but certainly, when things return to normal, I will be using it again. I will be very uh, happy about it. Other than that, most of the accessories and gadgets that I have are things that um, I used more at home than I ever used kind of in in uh transition from home and other places so those ones do not quite uh, fall into that, that that place what about you Shelley? well and and this may disappoint and startle some people but my answer is the apple watch i used it in a specific way when i when i was working outside my house i really loved i was a late adopter of the apple watch and so i really found things when i was working away from home that I could do with the Apple Watch that I thought were just amazeballs, like put podcasts on it and go for a walk without my phone and, uh, you know, keep track of how many steps I took because I would take a walk around the campus to clear my head and to write and all these sort of things. And I just found clever ways to use content on my my Apple Watch. And I, and I wore it every day because I needed to know what time it was on a fairly ongoing basis. And I didn't want to pull my phone out of my pocket or purse. And now that I'm in my house... I I wear it 
And I use it for when I take walks, I use it for some of the similar things, but it's just not as integrated into my life. And I guess really quickly, I would say, and it's not a gadget per se, but I have a bag that I really liked that I always carried my iPad or laptop or whatever I was taking to work with me. And I saw that yesterday sitting on my uh, uh, bar in my hallway where it has where it always lives. And I thought about, you know, I haven't picked that bag up in a year and I kind of miss it because I, I like carrying that bag around. Mm-hmm. Alas, poor iPad. We hardly knew you. Um, the iPad in my house has uh, basically ended up with a perfect storm situation where I first stopped sort of using it. I I was taking it to the coffee shop and writing on it, and it was great. I got my, you know, smart keyboard thing and all that. And I stopped going to the coffee shop about a year ago next week. (laughs) Um, So that became something I didn't use as much. Um, I am at home and use mainly my iMac here. But in November, I got a MacBook Air, the M1, and I started using that a lot when I'm sitting on the couch or sitting in my chair in my in the living room or something like that. And those are places where I predominantly used to use the iPad. But now I have essentially my fancy new laptop that has a bigger screen and it's super fast and it's got a built-in keyboard and it sits nicely on my lap. And I'm just sort of sitting there uh, remembering that I used to like using my iPad for those things. But it's just it's not ideal for that anymore. Um, I will say I do use it for a couple things, one of which is I have a... Uh, a weekly Among Us game with some friends. So that's basically the biggest reason I end up using it. And then sometimes it's sort of become like a secondary monitor on my desktop next to my iMac. But it really, the portability aspect has, you know, kind of been lost on me this past year. So I'm sure I will replace it and get a fancy new iPad someday. Uh, But at the moment, it is sort of the most disposable device for me. Sorry, I want to wrap this up here. It's super interesting to hear um, the different things that that have dropped for you all because mine is actually my iPhone. So it's really interesting that we have Apple Watch, iPhone, and iPad. (laughs) Um, Yeah, weirdly enough, I just like the iPhone for me feels like the weird middle ground spot where it's like the main reason I use my iPhone was when I was out and about. It's like I don't want to pull out my iPad or my laptop, right? Like that's really cumbersome. Um, but when I'm sitting at home, I'd rather just be on a bigger screen most, most of the time on my laptop, but when I'm cozied up in bed and reading, I'd rather be on my iPad. And really the only reason I use my iPhone these days is when I'm going on a hike and I want to make sure I have cell reception if I need it, or, um, if I want to take pictures or something when I'm out and about, but I actually use my watch a lot more recently to, um, uh, record my runs and things like that. So even when I'm going out, for runs, which is like the main reason I leave the house these days. Very sad. Um, but, you know, even on those, I'm, I'm really just taking my watch. I'm listening to music on my AirPods and, and my phone stays at home. So yeah, I almost, it's weird. Cause like I got the iPhone 12 and I'm like, did I really need this this year? So um, kind of a weird situation where I'm like, maybe I should have waited another year to upgrade, but um, yeah, thank you. Thank you all for your answers on that. Alrighty, folks, I've checked the clock and it looks like we have reached uh, nearly the end of the episode. But first, I have a bonus question for you. Do you have a favorite childhood board game or video game? Shelly, we'll start with you. I'm going to have to say Parcheesi, mostly because I could get anybody to play with me. I really like Stratego, but a lot of people wouldn't play that with me. So Parcheesi, the board comes out. Oh, look, three or four people gathered around. We can move pieces around and everybody's happy. Nice. Dan? Man, 
more than I could possibly count. I was the kid who always came downstairs like with a pile of games that I would try to convince people to play with me. But if I had to pick one, it was probably Clue. Probably Master Detective Clue. That was a really good, the expanded version. And Sawyer? Uh, I'm going to go in a different direction. I, I picked video game. Um, the original Sonic the Hedgehog series just has a special place in my heart, the one on the Sega Genesis. Um, I always used to play that with my brother and my dad. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like I just will always have like a lot of nostalgia around it. Um, that's a good choice for me. It's Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, <laughs> that game came out in 2002. And I also have fond memories of playing that with my brother. Um he and I would exchange back and forth the controller and try to beat different levels. Um, and so Delfino Plaza uh, holds a special place in my heart. But I have to give a second shout out to Clue, uh, along with Dan. I loved playing that game with family members. And I remember uh, learning so much from my grandma playing that game because she was always the one who would like... Uh, ask about cards that she already had to try and trick other people into thinking that she didn't have certain cards or that, uh, you know, those cards might still be out there somewhere. Um, so I, I learned some techniques from her sneaky, sneaky. Um, thank you all for your answers on that bonus topic. And all that is left is to say, thank you, Shelley Brisbane for joining us on this week's episode of clockwise. Thank you for having me, Micah. And Sawyer Blast, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it was a blast. And Micah will be back next week to figure out who the murderer is. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>